Hello everyone, and thank you for coming back to yet another episode of The Gloving Paradigm. I'm your host, Peter, aka Padilla Dubuque, and this week shall be a very interesting week because you guys do know that I hang out on Discord a lot, and you guys know I talk to a lot of different people on there because a lot of people hang out on there a lot. And there's one person in particular who I'm not going to name, but you know who you are. We were having a discussion and the terms that I was using were kind of getting lost by the wayside because gloving has no standard codified terminology base, if that makes any sense. <laughs> no. Did I even make any sense on that? Nope, nope, stop talking, go to jail. Anyways, so what I'm going to be doing on this particular episode is pretty much covering the gloving terms that I have used so people can understand what the hell I'm talking about anytime I use any of these words because people tend to not understand what I'm talking about when I use these words. Ugh, you're the worst. For some reason, I don't know. Anyways, so what what is the objective here? The objective here is, of course... I need to clarify the things I'm talking about. That way everybody can be on the same page. And there's a lot of similar terms kind of been running around. And I kind of want to hope that with this, at least this first installment of gloving terms, that we can start to, you know, unifiedly codify gloving in a much more cohesive manner. That way we all kind of know what we're talking about when we use these shorthand terms because shorthand terms can mean anything to anybody in the gloving community you know for crying out loud this could be known as threading and other people know this is you know weaving this could be a weave or it can be a thread that's what i'm going to try to do here is try to clean up some of that at least try to pay the way to start clearing it up and hope to god that people actually start following along and actually start gravitating towards this this method instead of just willy-nilly coming up with terms that could have been already defined in other ways by other members of the community so kind of hoping what i'm trying to do here is to clear that up so yes as i was saying we are trying to bring a more standard codified language when it comes to this and a structure uh recurring commonalities it's something i also want to address as well and of course <laughs> Just helping with the digestibility of these terms helps. Like, here's the thing. I will be saying this for, you know, who knows how long I've been saying this even on my podcast now, but everybody knows that I'm a huge Magic the Gathering fan, and they have a lot of keyword terms, as in terms that they have in the game that are shorthands for things that you can do in said game, such as flying, or first strike, or trample, or hexproof or death touch, things like that. These are shorthand terms to explain mechanics within the game. And that's kind of the idea that I'm trying to do here is that this isn't the first time and this is not going to be the last time that I will bring up these terms or do an episode about terms in gloving. So we try to get people to understand. At least at the end of the day, if these terms do not you know, stick to the wall, as my mom would put it. At least you guys will understand when I talk about it, because these are the terms that I use, and I'm going to continue using them. So if you want to understand me further, these are the terms you need to understand. What is OK Boomer? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) If that makes any sense to you guys. So hopefully it does. Okay. So first things that we want to do is figure out what are the terms that I'm going to be using. So like I said, this isn't going to be the last episode on this topic because you, you done coughing and sneezing over there buddy 
lockdown is. Anyways, I want to cover the terms that I use a lot. And I figure starting with the first term, which is mechanic. The main reason why I want to start with this one is because mechanic by my definition, keyword there, my definition, is literally the method of action to accomplish a certain effect of a concept or an illusion or a behavior. This, this is literally the the smallest term in my opinion like this is like the smallest scale term that i have when it comes to my gloving terms and the reason why i use mechanic is because this is just your method of how to accomplish something that's what i mean by mechanic so when it comes to tutting what are the things that we use to accomplish the effects of tutting well we have tracing we have hinging we have pivoting you know we have those kind of terms Right, and of course, you know, you even have like dance styles that are con even considered mechanics, such as popping and locking, are technically mechanics within gloving because we pop and lock into the positions to pull off the effects of the concept or the illusion or the behavior. We know, we know, we know. <laughs> so that's what I mean when it comes to these terms. When I use the term mechanic is literally, what is the method of action that you have to do to accomplish it? So if I'm right here, which my thumb is touching the, the knuckle in between my index finger and my thumb, and I want to move to the tip of my index finger, I need to trace that finger and bring it to that point. That's the term of mechanic. So hopefully you understand when I say mechanics or use these mechanics to help accomplish these effects or illusions or behaviors, that's what I mean. Okay, that is literally shorthand. The best way you're going to understand when it comes to the term mechanic is that if it's a verb or you can use it in a verbal tense setting, that's your mechanic. So I traced my finger, I hinged my hand, I pivot my arm. You, you see where I'm going with that? Hopefully people understand what I'm talking about because I like to say random things all the time. Stop it. Get some help. Sorry about that. Stuff your sorries in a sack. Okay, what's... <laughs> What other things that would you consider a mechanic? Well, I do consider finger rolls as a mechanic because you finger roll into something, you finger roll, you know, you can use it as a verb, so finger rolls is another one. Isolations is such an interesting mechanic because isolations can become its own concept in itself, just as finger rolls can. But isolations is another mechanic. You isolate a point or you isolate a set of points to create illusion of points or illusion of movement. Another thing I would certainly say when it comes to helping people understand certain mechanics is I use a lot of outside sources. And the main reason why I use a lot of outside sources is kind of like helping people understand something that's already been established in our, in our reality. So like when it came to the concepts of the grid, any mathematical term that uses a grid point or uses any form of geometry, that's where you're going to be able to use it because that's where it's it's applied in math it's applied on a grid so using those terms and using those mechanics such as translations or rotations or reflections things of that nature five minutes later it makes it a lot easier for people to understand me from an outside perspective and yes i understand that everybody's gonna remember every single mathematical term but that's where i get the terms from or is from a high school level okay so it makes it a lot again it makes it a lot easier for people to ease themselves in by already using terminologies and things of that nature that's already been established to them to just apply it to gloving okay um okay now I know a lot of people say that it's kind of crazy that you're trying to do that. Again, the, the method that I underst 
understood this from is basically what Constantine did with pagan holidays and Christianity. See, see how he is sometimes? You're such a baby. Oh, he needs God. some milk! Anyways, so if you recall, <laughs> Constantine took pagan holidays and Christianity and meld them together in a way to help with the culture shock. To help people kind of adapt into Christianity without losing every form of identity that they had previously. That's the idea I'm going with. Now, am I saying that with my terminology and all these definitions, does it make it divine law? No. This is to open the door of discussion so we can actually codify this stuff. So we can actually get this to happen, if that makes any sense. I want to make this a lot easier for people to get into. Why would you do that? And the best way that we're going to do that, if we define our terms and really help codify it. <sighs> so that is literally the idea that I'm trying to do. So please keep that in mind. Now, there are other things I will certainly say as well in terms of mechanics. You also have pinching, stacking, and compressions. Those are mechanics you are compressing to make up the form. You are pinching. I pinch to do the things. You know, things of that nature. Stacking, of course, you are stacking your hands or fingers, whatever the case may be. These are the terms I feel like fall under the mechanic term because these are methods of action, if that makes any sense to anyone. Swear to God, I hope people, please tell me if this makes sense to you. If it doesn't make any sense to you, please comment and let me know so I can help you understand. <laughs> no. Anyways, allow me to continue. Make it stop, make it stop! So the next term that I want to cover is concept. Now, why do I want to cover concept? Because I feel like from mechanic to concept is a nice little building step up. I'm showing you at a grander scale. So the term concept is literally a set of mechanics that follow an ethos that exemplified the effect desired. Okay, that is literally the term that I use for concept. So what is our, what are our set of concepts? Basically, we have things like liquid, we have things like tutting, we have things like the grid, sphere grid, box theory, we have all these different concepts, right? So what, what falls under a concept are things like liquid, tutting, digits and dials, clusters, you know, king tutting, we have wave tutting, you know, stacking technically is also a concept within itself because there's multiple variations of stacking, not only just being a mechanic, but you also have other things like tunnels and whips and flails, and you also have other concepts like the grid, sphere grid, which that'll get, that'll be in a different episode that actually does constitute its own episode, believe it or not. And, you know, you also have things like abstracting or box theory. These are what I consider concepts because they f have set amount of mechanics to pull off the things that they do, right? So again, with tutting, you have tracing, hinging, pivoting, things of that nature, right? That is literally the mechanics that you use. That is the ethos that they follow. So one thing I definitely want to cover and kind of explain is that multiple concepts can be melted together. So you can use tutting and the grid at the same time. You can use liquid and the grid at the same time. You can use tutting and the sear grid if you want to at the same time. As long as you guys understand where I'm coming from on that, all right? That's what concepts are, is that concepts are usually, is literally the construct of mechanics that you put together that has exemplified an ethos for your concepts and your mechanics to follow. And to come off with the desired effect. I'm hoping that makes sense to somebody. If it doesn't, that's how you're going to understand when I use the term concept or use the term mechanics. 
that's how I define it, all right? My next term that I want to cover is known as behavior. Now, this is the one that I know a lot of people get very confused on, especially the specific person that who knows what I'm talking about when we are talked about a particular archetype within gloving, when I talked about the term behavior, this is where I lost this person. And I can totally understand why, because not many people use the term behavior like I do when it comes to gloving, and I get it. So allow me to clarify so you guys can understand what I am talking about anytime I use the term behavior. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. So behavior is pretty much as I define it, a method of effect that reflects real world observation, abstraction, or visual animation. So, what do I mean by this? So, instead of, you know, rigid set mechanics and rigid set concepts, the method that you're going to use in terms of effects need to reflect or emulate real world observation or abstraction or visual animation. So, what was the thing that we were talking about that kind of brought this all about? Who cares? I'm so glad you guys asked because it was a very interesting conversation. We were talking about morphing and what I was saying is that morphing cannot literally be defined by just a set amount of moves. You know, it doesn't have these defined set moves in order for you to be considered morphing. Okay, it literally kind of encompasses so many different variations and different variables that you need to take into account. That I feel instead of saying that it needs set moves, or set concepts or set mechanics. It's more of you take on a certain behavior with the overall performance. So like with morphing being literally a seamless ending, perpetual motion of transitions. There's a lot that goes into morphing that isn't just, oh, you need to be doing pinches or you need to be doing a lot of tracing or you keep your hands close together or things like that. Yes, these are ways to accomplish the behavior of the archetype. It isn't the set standards of things you need to do because not everybody can actually reflect the same kind of behaviors verbatim if that makes any sense there's there's no you know there's no codified sense of behavior that you know only this certain way can only be done that's where i feel like a lot of people get very lost when it comes to this particular archetype is because it just it goes beyond just this set parameters, right? It goes beyond that. Many months later. And that is not the only one. Clocking is another one that I feel falls under more of a behavior archetype rather than just a set of things. Yes, the main gimmick about clocking is platforms. Like I say, all clocks are platforms, but not all platforms are clocked. Just like how jacuzzis, all jacuzzis are hot tubs, but not all hot tubs are jacuzzis. Yes, I did just use a Big Bang reference. Sue me. Um, okay. Actually, don't. Please don't. For the love of God, don't. Get them. So, you have those. The other thing I also say when it comes to clocking is that the only one behavior thing that I feel like people need, and I want to stress because this is the one thing that really gives you the telltale sign of a clocking person, is that clock cause and effect. The mechanism of cause and effect where you get the little, you get the little trigger and you cause the things to start happening, right? That's literally what he's that's what Matt Mez has brought to the table what Mez brought to the table when it comes to clocking is literally the cause and effect you know and it's exemplified within this particular archetype though is that the only one that follows that or uses that kind of mechanic no platforming also uses cause and effect because platforming also has kind of developed that into its own style I would certainly say when it comes to cause and effect and that kind of style of mechanics Clocking really cranked that up to 11, okay? And that's what makes it so unique and distinct from any other form of platforming. 
okay? And another thing, I will certainly say when it comes to things like creatures, or as I like to call it, animism, because you're literally just making any forms of creatures and there's multiple variations of doing so, whether it's just with your fingers or with your face or with your arms, whatever the case may be, creatures or animism, as I like to call it, follows that kind of ethos. It has a way to animate or reflect actual real world behavior. Now, one thing I wanted to say in terms of a little caveat is that you have abstraction. So you have abstract ideas. To me, an abstract kind of kind of concept or behavior is something like ghosting, which again, if you don't know what ghosting is, the best way I'm going to describe it is that it is a kind of a concept archetype thing where you follow a certain behavior where you kind of use sleight of hand and distraction and misdirection. Very similar to conjuring, but not actually conjuring. Now you can do conjuring with ghosting, but I'm just, just putting this out here. So basically what ghosting is, is that you kind of create something, you create shapes and stuff out of nowhere. So as Munch always did, he always had one that's just being a fist and he had the other hand, you know, doing his little look, look at me over here with its little waving. And then it wants to make a shape. So he, you know, middle finger and ring finger pointing out, pokes it into the other fist, covers the other fist and pulls that out. That is basically the most rudimentary form I'm gonna show you of ghosting, all right? Is that he uses that kind of mechanics of sleight of hand, misdirection and distraction to kind of pull off those effects and pull off that kind of behavior. Is this a very popular archetype? No, because not a lot of people do it anymore. If there's anyone who still does it, Please give me a shout out because I want to see it. That's just I really like seeing ghosting. Ghosting was a very interesting archetype during the early 2010s. It was really popular around 2011 to 2012. I kind of want to see it back. If you guys actually want to see me do an episode on it, please let me know. So I'm going to just say in terms of, you know, gloving moves and learning the techniques of gloving, those are the terms that I'm going to use right now. I will expand on those in later episodes, but I'm just letting you know that is where I am right now. All right. The other ones I want to cover is things like what I mean in terms of like the lights. So for example, like macro chip, a macro chip to me is any programmable micro light that has a fixated light bulb. So for example, you have things like the new Apollos, you have the Spectras, you have the Ions, the Atoms, the Chroma Controls, the Element V2s, the Element V1s, so on and so forth. There, There's a bunch of them out on the market. Even aftermarket products have this kind of stuff. This is what I mean by microchip is because it literally has so much in it and you can do so much with it. It's not on a micro level, it's on a macro level. So microchips. That was cute. I liked that. I liked that a lot. What I mean by microchip, basically that's any micro light with the interchangeable bulb. Okay, or yeah, that's pretty much how I'm going to describe it. Now, I will certainly say supernovas do kind of fall under this category because you can't necessarily change out the bulb, but you can't change, you can't really reprogram it into any other thing. So that's where it kind of falls under the, the microchip category. So for example, when it comes to microchips, you have things like the Kaluses, the Kivos, the Evos, a kind of bridge between the two would be like the E-Lite Pro when that was really huge because it is a programmable, but you can't program colors. You can only program flashing patterns. So it kind of falls in that little gray area in between the two, but I kind of lump it into micro because all you can change on it is the flashing patterns. You can't change everything on it. Macro, you can change everything on it. All right, so if that makes any sense to you, I hope so because that's, that's the terms that I like to use. If you don't like those terms, that's fine. Let me know what kind of terms you would rather use but these are the terms that I use. So please understand that this is how you're going to understand me when I shorthand. Nope, nope, stop talking, go to jail.
Now, there are two more terms I want to cover for this day. One of them is known as static, and the other one is known as modular. Now, what do I mean by static? It is the difference between these two are very simple. Does your chip have an accelerometer in it? If it does, it's a modular chip. If it doesn't, it's a static chip. The reason why I call this these two terms is because static, it doesn't change no matter what you do in terms of speed, velocity, and whatever the case may be. Modular is predicated on the speed that you're moving in the direction that you're pointing because of the accelerometer. The prophecy is true. That's literally the differences between the two. If you have an accelerometer, you have a modular chip. If you don't, you have a static chip. Probably the cleanest, most clear-cut case in terms of my terms I probably have ever come up with. You're both just awful. I certainly hope so because I, I really feel like I'm just sitting here with cricket sounds going on constantly. It gets lonely in here, you guys, I swear. <laughs> Anyways, I think that pretty much covers everything in my episode. I hope to God that you guys understand what I'm talking about. If you didn't understand what I was talking about previously in any of my previous episodes, you have now the terms. You have the definitions to understand what I'm talking about. I'm going to go check out those later episodes. This is why I choose to get C's. So, if you want to, you know, go, go check them out. I did a pretty good job on them. I think so. But yeah, so that's pretty much all for my episode. Thank you so much for you guys watching slash listening slash however you're digesting this information from me. I really don't know how. Anyways, I really do hope you guys enjoy yourselves. I really hope you guys enjoy watching slash listening to what I had to say. I know, I know there's a lot of terms out there. I know there's a lot of different methods that people go about teaching. And I know a lot of people are going to say, you know, the way that I go about it is the way that I go about it because it's worked for me. And that's totally fine. I'm not going to sit here and say, no, you have to follow the terms that I use in order for you to teach somebody. No, 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 no. What I am doing is literally just showing you guys the definitions of the terms that I use and how I break it down to make it easier for people to understand me. So if you have any questions that I did not cover in this episode, you have the various social media platforms you can hit me up at. I don't even think I need to go in through it anymore. You'll find them all in the link's description. You'll find them at the end of the credits. You'll find them everywhere. I, I post them everywhere, like like freaking crazy. Now, I will certainly say if you're on if you found this on Reddit and you clicked on the link, then you're going to find the them in the description. Okay, there will be in the episode description. They're always there. Adios. You know, you have my Facebook, I have an Instagram, I'm on Reddit. You, you know, you can hit me up in those various places. I have my own Discord if you want to hit me up there. I'm also on the Worldwide Glover Discord chat all the time, so you can hit me up there as well. Adios. Adios. But alas, as my final piece, I'm going to keep pushing on this because for crying out loud, it's there for a reason. But if you like the content that I do create and you wish to help me create better content, you do have the opportunity to support me on Patreon. Adios. Adios. Guys! Class is over. I'm trying to get you to leave. Oh. oh. Cool. Pick that up. Yes, I'm going to keep pushing this, but as little as $1 a month, if you want to be the moth that joins the Mutton Chop Guild, please do so. As little as $1 a month gets me closer to my first goal where I can actually do this full time and I don't have to do a day job just to supplement a lot of the costs that this goes into because a lot of time and money goes into this now. A lot more than you guys probably realize. But if you guys can't support me in that way, there are various other ways you can support me. Like, sharing, and subscribing helps me. And guess what? 
It's all absolutely for free. Run. So if you want to do that without hitting your wallet at all, liking and sharing my stuff helps me out way more than you actually probably think it does. So please share my stuff. Maybe. Just, just a little bit. No? No? Okay. I understand. But yes, thank you everybody so much for showing your support to this show. This show would not be possible without you guys' help. I absolutely love you guys, but I am your host, Peter, a.k.a. LPD at Dubuque, and I'll see you guys all next week.